As we were planning out how to proceed, several doors began to slam at the same time. We could hear a man laughing. <laughs> I stuck my head into the hallway just in time to witness a formless black shape squeeze into Esmeralda's room. Oh! Uh, a colleague then came into the room and asked what I was doing. Putting the co- clock back. Putting the clock <laughs> You know, when I was a child. You put that cock back. Put that when I was a child. Uh, my first world was cock. Welcome, everybody. I'm a chicky nuggy. It's a nuggy. So, um, just so you all know. If you're watching the video, I'm a nugget. Um, just just the one. I know I like six, but I thought since it's our Halloween special, <laughs> I've come as a nuggy because we all know I love them. And um, yeah, Hannah is currently outside of the studio ready to surprise me um, with a costume of her own. What will it be? Who <laughs> Um, but welcome to our Halloween episode. Um, I'm doing a lot of podcasting alone right now, so let's get involved, guys. Um, we're going to do a call-in. No, we're not. Imagine. Maybe I should go into radio. Welcome to Susie's Halloween show uh, as a chicken nugget. What's your favourite McDonald's snack? Um, I've also got a fly swatter because there's some flies around. Um, I sound a bit unhinged, but that's because I've had four shots of espresso. Delicious. Right. Um, why don't we talk about Halloween? Yeah. What does it mean? Where does it come from? Is it Christian? Yes, it is. But actually, it dates back way before then. <laughs> so, um, what is the meaning of uh, or Hall- Hallow's Eve I put into Google? Now. You're probably wondering, what does Wikipedia have to say? And I agree with you. Halloween, or All Hallows' Eve, or All Saints' Eve, is the celebration observed in many countries on the 31st of October. You don't need to know this. You fucking know that. Um, And it begins with the observance of All Hallowtide, a time in the liturgical year dedicated to remembering the dead, including saints, martyrs, and all the faithful departed. Uh, so it's a time of remembering the dead, um, thinking about, you know, what you're going to get from Mackie D's. Um, and I've put here, it's had some, it has some different names across the world. It feels weird podcasting alone. I don't like it. Hannah. <laughs> Hannah. Hannah. Okay, she can't hear me. I'm just alone. I'm alone in the world. I- I'm... I'm a lonely nugget. <gasps> She's here. Oh, sorry, I'm like, oh my God. You look incredible. You look so cute. Oh my God. She's a pumpkin. She's a big pumpkin. I'm so sorry, I'm late, mate. <laughs> Those tube doors. <laughs> you can't get through the tube door on that. No, I have to. Hang on, I've got How to are you going to sit down? I've got to let a bit of air out. <laughs> 
and then and then I'll sit. If if you're not if you're just listening to this episode, you're really missing out. I would say you're gonna have to. Gonna have to chew. You're gonna have to watch it on video. I'm so sorry about the lateness, guys. The Halloween special is someone else. Oh, you look amazing. It's great, isn't it? Do you like my hat? <laughs> yeah, I really do actually. You look quite cute in a beret, you know. Thank you. It's you actually like? quite your Maybe thing. Like Hannah in Paris. Maybe I'm going to have to bring um, Mr. Toby to the Troy, isn't it? What do you mean? Yeah, so for anyone not watching, if you're not, silly, silly you. But Hannah's got a massive blow-up pumpkin. Oh, it's phenomenal, Which is isn't what it? you can hear. Can you hear all right? Phenomenon. Yes, um, I can, thank so you. So the nuggie and the pumpkin. <laughs> I think we should dress like this every week. <laughs> I've been giving everyone a history lesson. Do you oh, want to hear yeah? it? No. So, um... Basically, <laughs> no, you do, you do. I do, I do. Because it's Halloween yes, special. I do, I do. I do. Um, on, so basically, when you, you all souls eve is when you pray for the dead and hoping that they don't get too tortured before they go to heaven because they're all in purgatory. Oh, of course. So if yes. you're between heaven and hell, which, let's be honest, I think we're going saff. Yeah. Oh, there we? is yeah. no way. Yeah. I'm a north, north girl. We ain't going north. North girl. No right way. now I'm in North London, but that it's because I'm a posh tramp and it, it, yeah. it's not gonna no, last no they don't they do not correlate no exactly that's my purgatory i'm in south london now kind of and i'll be in south spirit world yeah whatever that well, is you're a northern gal but northern it doesn't gal. mean you're not going to go to hell so i'm definitely going to going hell. to hell so definitely. do you want to know what um, uh, um different places call halloween so in um irish uh the irish call it summer's end which is sarwen Oh, that's nice. Isn't that it? is nice, but so summer ends a lot sooner than thirty first of October. And then, um, um, blah, blah, blah. the Welsh, which I am, call it Noscarlan. Noscarlan. Oh, no, they don't. They call it Halloween. They call it Halloween. Halloween, is that? They call it Halloween, dickhead. Before I start offending anybody um, again. <laughs> and then the Saxons called it Blotmanoth. Nice. Yeah, yeah. And then, um, basically. Just to give you the round it off the um, the Halloween tutorial. Um, essentially, <gasps> Halloween is the bit before like the the summer's closing down, the winter's approaching. When the winter is approaching, oh, yeah. back in the day when uh -huh. they had fuck all and they didn't have a Mackie D's, uh. they were scared about starvation because everything gets cold. Right. So they were like, oh fuck. Oh, fuck. <laughs> Oof, the French. Yeah. Oof. Oof, eggs, eggs. Yeah. Egg, they were wondering where the food, eggs, egg fuck. <laughs> egg fuck. Where are my eggs? Yeah, and so you had no eggs and right. you're just, you're going to be freezing cold. Mm. Your, your cattle are going to die. Your crops are going to fail. It's going to get chilly. And everyone was like, okay, do you know what? Should we just have a big fucking festival to celebrate the end of summer? And then we're going to like, we're going to mock um like, hang on, I wrote it down. Is this like what a harvest festival is while you take tin cans into school? Uh, um, isn't, <laughs> <laughs> ain't that spring? Uh, I thought it was autumn. Oh, yeah, maybe. And oh, like, you because that. that makes sense. You put beans in a box. Yeah, because aren't you about to say that like everybody comes together yes, and brings... Yes, and that's why trick-or-treating happens, because yes. you're... you're um, uh, you're disparating the wealth. Right, lovely. That's not a word. Disparating. No. Um, Distribu dis distributing. 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 Fuck, what a pair of stupid fucking bitches. <laughs> yeah, you're like Yodel <laughs> or Hermes. You're just Jesus. getting that wealth right. all around so okay. that people don't um, 
you know, drop their clogs. Well, thank you for that history lesson. Thank you so much. <laughs> thank you. I feel pissed. I think I've had too much <laughs> cough syrup again. It's back that time of year, isn't it? Yeah, so um, if you remember from last year when we started the pod, both of us were ill every, every single day. episode. Every day. And also it's a bit like the plague in here because there's two flies and they won't fuck off. Susie's losing her mind about it, to be honest. Right, shall we... Uh, well, how are you, first of all? How are we doing? How we do? <coughs> Um, right. No, I'm good actually. Yeah. Yeah, I'm good. Um yeah, I'm just I'm doing all right, mate. Living How, your best life? Well, that's no. No. I wouldn't say it's my best life, no, no but I'm in a transitory phase and I'm muddling through. Nice. Oh my god. <gasps> oh, oh my god, listen. Fuck. Did you um I need to tell you something in Huns After Dark that is one of the most atrocious stories. I can't say it on here cuz it's too bad. It's too bad. Like raunchy. But well, it's Ooh, it is. it's really bad. But I don't know whether you've heard... I don't think you have heard of it because I think you live in a bin, don't you? So I don't think you have actually heard Can of it. Can you give me a um, hint, and everyone a hint, so it, it entices people to want to listen? It happened to a woman on holiday. Mm, I don't think I know what that is. It's, uh, it's horrific. Is it, like... Oh, is it gory? No, not at all. Well, no, it's not. It's not gory. Is it a sex story? Kinda. Oh, Kinda. But I have to... No, listen, I have to play it for you. It was... Well, I have to play you the whole thing, but I'll we'll do it in Huns After Dark. Okay. I'm too... Honestly... <laughs> I love your little um, antenna my... coming out of your head. That's it's, <laughs> it's, it's just a bit shit, isn't it? Really? No, it's really great. But it is... That's my pumpkin stem. So this is going to be our Halloween special, and we're going to tell listener stories. We're going to tell listener stories. Oh, more we're going than to tell one. Halloween stories. It's going to be creep of the week every bloody minute. Every goddamn minute. And uh, says, so "How are you? What's been going on?" I'm well, thank you. What's Nothing much. Just what's my gossip? What is my gossip? What is my gossip? Um, I don't know if I have any. No. No, just been working, uh, doing the old comedy. Uh, we've just been slagging off comedy actually before we started recording, yeah, weren't we? Some weren't we, Big Suze? Other big news in my life is that I've changed your name on my phone to Big Suze. Ah, oh, I like my nickname. I like so Big Suze. I know, I, but I say it seriously now. I'm like, I'll just tell Big Suze, and I was like, fuck, it's Big Suze. <laughs> <laughs> what did you call me at the beginning of the pod? Dickhead. No, that was that, that hasn't changed. No. Um, what did you, uh, Susie Poozy? Susie Poozy. You've also got your um. Uh, oh my god what's the thing where you have two personalities alter ego Kitty oh yeah Kitty, Kitty the daft slag uh, yeah I am Kitty so just um, for uh, a reference um, my mum wanted to call me Kitty and we do think that's quite apt for me yeah it? I think it would suit you <clears throat> But I think my dad vetoed it because he was like, she could get well bullied. Yeah, I think I think uh, Linda would have suited me. Linda, Linda. Oh, I'd love for you to be called Linda. Linda, like Linda LeHughes. Linda. 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 Come on, Linda. Get the fucking. Come on, we're going on a ghost. Linda, Linda. get your bag for life. Just, we're um, going out. Put all my lip gloss over the microphone like a twat. <laughs> Um, Linda, do you know that means pretty in um, Argentina? I'm unsurprised. Yeah. Like, I am... Linda. Pretty gorgeous. Hola, Linda. Hola, a beautiful lady. When I first arrived in Argentina, I was like, why do they keep calling me Linda? <laughs> right. My name's Susie. My name's Kitty. Yeah. Although they called my Linda. name over there, they called it Cece. 
Like, yes, yes. I think I remember that from gimme, from an episode of Gimme, 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 actually, because what? isn't there like an Argentinian bloke in it that someone's shagging that Beryl from upstairs is having sex with? Oh, yeah. And uh, he's like, Linda means beautiful lady. Oh, really? Yeah, I think there so. There you go. See, that For means... any uh, Gimme, Gimme, Gimme fans out there. That verifies my knowledge. Yeah. See, I don't live in a bit. And if you haven't watched Gimme, 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 then you're an absolute wet end. Okay. Um, right, now... Can I pick, please? It's my turn. Yeah, go for it. Amazing. Go for it, pumpkin. I'm sad that I've had to deflate my pumpkin. Where are you going to go? We need a really good spooker card. Like, oh, I've got it, I've got it, I've dead, got it. I want it to be dead spooker. Oh, are you going to have your nails done today? Well, Where maybe not today, but oh, I'm going to get today. them red. Oh, nice. I'm going to go long black. Oh. Long. Yeah. I'm going to go fuck make up for these gothic. little shitty pig's yeah, tits. Yeah, because we're going to a gothic banquet tomorrow. Yes, we are. For Discovery Channel. Yeah, for Discovery Isn't that fun? Channel. If we get a show on Discovery Channel, guys. I know. I'm a bit nervous, but I'm a bit annoyed about my outfit, though. Why? I need to figure out, because I don't know which ones, which one I want to wear. And I, do you know what? I won't know until I've had my hair done. We're having a blow dry. We're getting a blow dry to get... He said We're going after, for a blowing. He said one after the other. <laughs> no, same time. Well, he said it, it's okay if it's one after the other. Yeah, of course like, it is. Yeah. One of um, us will read OK Magazine while the other one's getting Yeah, we're going to get a blow I'll be outside for me. <laughs> yeah, having a, great. Having a fag. Go okay. <gasps> don't. What is it? Uh, it is the... Do you want to guess? Is it the tower? Because I've no. just opened it at the tower. No, but oh. no. It's the Ace of Swords. And I don't oh think we've had that before. God. But it is a bit spooky. That is a bit spooky. Look at that freaking... That's quite... Look at that. That's a hand. Describe what that's is happening like, in that. That's like... That looks a bit like Lawrence Loran Bowen's arm because of that really... Yeah, but why is the, the sword is holding up a crown? Yeah, but let me finish with the sleeve. Okay. There's a sleeve here, a very, a very... Um, What's Cloudy sleeve, clowny as well, uh, and there is a, there's a sword and there's a, there's a crown spinning above it, with foliage falling from the crown, yeah. and I believe I don't know what they are, but like little lemon sherbets. Oh, that yeah yeah you're right, little petals, and then some like some like dead dead land underneath. Sort of weirdly, I can't find it. You know, biddytarot.com. No, I want to find it in here because I really like this little book. Hang on. Um, Look at my uh, fox. I can't, <coughs> weirdly, it's just not here. What? That is weird. What if it's not a card? It's not a card. Oh my God, what if it's not a card? Like a major, it's a major arcana, isn't it? What do you mean? What do you mean? Like a, a major arcana means one of the like the big ones, like tower or I like, think Hirele so. Yeah, because it's not. Or... There's no sticks. Oh fuck's sake! Where is it? Shall I just Google it? Yeah, Google it. <sighs> oh oh great! You. Okay. <clears throat> Go on then, Susie. So, um, the Ace of Swords. Means, oh my god, it's one of the strongest cards that can fall in a tarot reading. Yes. Although the image contained on the face of the card might not be as dramatic as the tower or the chariot, the Ace of Swords um, is a message that embodies power, authority, and ability. Yes, tarot. The sword's blade can slice through anything in its way with ease. It is strong and reliable in times of need. Oh, this is lovely. Fighting for what you desire. Lovely. A breakthrough. Oh, my God. 
clarity, sound decision making, a breakthrough, opportunities, and new ideas. Ah, well, listen. What more can we ask what for more? on this? I'm All Hallows so Eve. Why that isn't there? But listen, I again, maybe that was a like it was just an added card, and it just it, you know, like maybe you. That's could... weird that that's not in there. Yeah. That's so weird. I know. It's just not there. Don't you think? I Yeah. No, I, part of me is like, like do I, just, I just want to keep looking until I find it, but it's not. <coughs> oh, it's not, no, no, wait. No, it's not there. It's not there, Susan. It is, no, it no, is. Susan, it's not there. I found it. No, Susan, it's it's, it says a great time to start a new project. Oh. Well, don't start another podcast. <laughs> I have Is that what you're planning? For you, no, actually. don't you dare. Uh, no. I'll bury yeah, you. Yeah, me and Adam are going to start a couple's podcast. <laughs> Imagine. The new Vogue and Spen. <laughs> yeah, that's why I said <laughs> it. I don't, do you know what? I just don't know how you do a podcast with the person that you live with. It sounds horrific. Like, what more have we got to talk about? In a way, I bet they're so busy. That is the time they get to talk. Yeah, that's true, actually. Mm. That is true. Yeah. Okay, shall we do stories? Yes. Um, shall I kick us off with the creep of the week? Go ahead. Because this is um, this is a story from one of our first ever Patreon subscribers, oh. Amy Moore. Amy, you are a legend. Amy, we finally got there. Honestly, um, and thank you for sending in your star. Eh? Let me just find it. Amy. Go on, okay, Amy. here we go. Um, our first creep of the week for our Halloween special. Hello, you spooky bitches. Hey. Hey. Oh, hi. Oh, hey, girl. Hey, girl. Hey. Hey, girl. Hey. Disclaimer. I'm dyslexic and have ADHD, so the spelling might not make sense, and I wrote this over four different sittings, so sorry in advance. You don't need to keep me anonymous. My mum is also a ghost town and loves the pod. You do not need to apologise. Hey, mum. Hey, Amy's mum. This is a story from my mum, but I thought it was an absolute wicked one for the pod. So here we I'm go. I'm excited. This is choking me, but <laughs> I will carry on. So for backstory and context, when I was about eight and my sister was about 12, my mum went to a clairvoyant and a lady, no, and the lady had gone through all the things she was picking up on and was spot on, like absolutely everything. At the time she went, my mum had just booked for us to go to Disneyland and she hadn't told us yet and this woman had literally said, you've just booked a surprise for your daughters, which will be a once in a lifetime trip. Then at the end of the reading, she said, I just want to tell you there is a couple of people that look over you, one of which is an older lady, and I'm not too sure if that was your mother-in-law or if it was someone that, some sort of maternal figure in your life that is watching over you and seeing how you are, looking after your girls and making sure you're okay. After she said that, they said she felt like a breeze on the back of her neck and it felt like someone was walking over her grave. Oh. Kind of like someone else was in the room and the woman was like, yeah, that was her passing by saying that she's here. Fast forward to 2021. My mum was in intensive care. She'd just been diagnosed with a terminal illness and she was really not well. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Your head, your fucking chicken nugget I just looked up at it again. It looks like a pair of tits at this <laughs> It's wonky, isn't it? <coughs> yeah, that's, it's just hilarious, really. I just kind of glanced up and just realised what, what it was. What about that? Oh, that's a bit better. Yeah, it's a bit better. Uh, sorry, Amy. It's such a crucial time in the uh, story for me to realise that Susie's got a chicken nugget on her. <laughs> uh, my mum was in intensive care. She'd just been diagnosed with a terminal illness and she was really not well. The doctors, the nurses, all the people involved didn't think she was going to pull through and survive the night throughout the night. 
Mum felt obviously awful. She kept waking up, going back to sleep, quite in and out of consciousness, unsettled and restless. She said at one point she looked across in the corner of the room and there was a man standing in the corner in an undertaker's outfit. She said he looked like a solid, proper figure. She was sure he was a real person. She said that he was waiting in the corner of the room, just looking at her. And at the time, she was obviously a bit unsure of what was happening and drifted back to sleep. A couple of hours later, she woke up and still felt awful. Doctors and nurses had to be one-to-one with her in the room because she was so poorly and they weren't sure what was going to happen. The undertaker was still in the corner and he had his undertaker suit on and a black top hat. Mum was quite lucid at this point and started talking and saying hello and asking who he was. Obviously, whichever staff members were in the room thought that she was talking to them and they were like, oh, we're here to look after you and explained they were there etc some more context mum used to be an A&E nurse so she was very much used to poorly people and knew the signs and what was happening to her she was trying to tell the staff that there was a man in the corner and that he was looking at her and she felt like she had to go with him the staff are telling her that there's no one in the corner it's just us obviously a little bit creeped out at this point and mum's like no he's definitely there he's solid he's looking at me and he wants me to go with him Oh no. At that moment. It's like she... a Grim Reaper, isn't it? Yeah. Fucking top hat. At that moment, she looked at the doorway and out of the room and she said, Oh well, while I talk to this man and find out what he wants, would you like to go and walk that lady back to her room? And the staff looked at the door and then looked back at my mum and said, I'm sorry, but there's no one there. The doorway was empty. Mum was adamant that there was definitely an older lady standing at the door. I think she wants to go back to her room. I don't mind if you take her back while I find out who this man is. Obviously, the staff just thought she was hallucinating because she was so poorly and didn't really think much of it. And they were just like, okay, I'll sort her out. Don't worry, just get some sleep. Mum didn't feel like she could go back to sleep and was adamant that the woman in the doorway needed help until she focused on the lady. She began to feel safe and that she shouldn't go with the man in the corner. She wanted to stay with the lady and didn't want her to leave the doorway. Thankfully, Mum survived the night and is still doing well. Although it, has been, although it has been two years just before Mum takes a downward turn, she mentioned seeing the woman around. She acts like a sort of alert when we should expect Mum to be poorly and when another hospital visit is pending. We don't know what happened that night and I don't think we ever will. I'm not sure if this will make it on the pod, but I thought I'd send it anyway. Can't wait to see you on the... 25th of October, which is today. Oh, my God. And both shows on the 31st. Ah, Happy Halloween, so nice. Huns. Loads of love from Amy. We'll see you tonight, ever, Amy. First ever Patreon subscriber. She was our very first Patreon. What a God. God love Amy Moore. What a cutie pie. Um, Thanks, Amy. She is shit, though. Yeah, I, I, um, I'm really cute. Do you reckon tonight. that woman in the um, doorway was a sort of like her... Um, what do you call it? Like a guardian angel? Potentially, yeah. Boarding off. Warding off that creepy spirits. motherfucker in the corner. Yeah, I, yeah. The creepy motherfucker <laughs> is another word for it. Yes. Yeah. Sounds like lurch. Yeah. From the Adams family. Ugh. Oh, gross. Imagine seeing me in the corner with my nugget on. <laughs> I Come think on. I'd, it just, it, it, when you forget, and especially when you were being quite serious then, I was just like, <laughs> she's got a nugget on her head. Couple of nugget titties. <laughs> Couple of teddy nugs. I got this from Guangzhou and I have no regrets. I think I may have this from the same place. Yeah. These were probably made on um, parallel. 
Yeah, factory uh, lines. Factory lines. Yeah, in the middle of absolutely God mm, knows where. God knows where, exactly. But I'm glad they made a way back to each other. That's cute, isn't yeah. it? <laughs> <laughs> for, fa- for podcast fame. You've probably seen them everywhere. Those cheap ceramic statues of the Virgin Mary. A common fixture of gardens, grottos and grandmothers' houses. In the ordinary version, the safe version, Mary's skin is peach-coloured, her hair is brown or black, face is plain and unadorned and her robes are blue. There are, of course, other versions. Like the Red Maria. Oh. The Red Maria. She's a bit saucy. She's a bit saucy. (laughs) The lasagna of the women. That isn't saucy. Unless you make it with a lot of sauce. It is saucy. It is saucy. Red sauce. Mm. Ricotta cheese. White sauce. It's all sauce. (laughs) Ricotta cheese. Ricotta. I don't know what the the, the journey I went on with my accents then is outrageous. Brilliant. I love it. Gad. Maria Rojo. Maria Rojo's skin is white as snow, but its hair, robes and lips are crimson. Nice. Beautiful. I saw one for the first time when I was eight years old. It had been set up in the alcove at the end of the narrow hallway that led to our three closet-sized bedrooms. One for my mother, one for my sisters Veronica and Esmeralda, and one for me. (laughs) And one for me. And one for me. Why aren't you with Veronica and Esmeralda? Why have you got your own one? That's what I want to know. Yeah. Mm. My mother told me that the Red Maria was there to protect us, but the pale statue didn't make me feel safe. It made me feel... Watched. I've just gone. As a nugget. I can't. It's a nugget. It's just too A chicken nugget is telling you a story. <coughs> it's just too much, isn't it? <laughs> really. Its black painted eyes seem to follow me. And, uh. and the nightlight my mother placed beneath the Red Maria only made it worse. Why would you put a fucking nightlight below one of the scariest things Mom's ever? Mum's a creepy bitch and I love Mom's that. Mums are so creepy. I think, like, maybe terrorising your children keeps them in check. Is that, like, a, is that maybe in a parenting book that I haven't read? I would take the piss. Yeah. Big time. I'd want to scare the fuck out of my kids. Yeah, I remember when I watched Sounds of the Lambs. I think I might have, I don't know if I told you. For your eighth birthday. Yeah, no, it literally, <laughs> I was definitely too young. I was probably about 11 or so. I should never have watched it. Really? I watched Sounds of the Lambs and I got into bed and I was a bit freaked out. My dad um, opened the door, crawled on the floor, under my bed, and started going, <gasps> under my bed. Your dad's a legend. No, he's a fucking wank. Oh, no, I think that's so good. Oh, that's like... I nearly had a heart attack. Every dad's right is to... to scare the shit yeah. out of your kids. Like when my dad pretended there was, like, no woman in black when we went to go and see it. What? So we went to go and see it when I was 12, and on the tube home, I was like, oh, my gosh, wasn't she scary? <coughs> oh, she no. Was like, and then he went, who was scary? And I went, the, the woman in black. He went, what woman in black? And I said... The one on the rocking chair. And he went, there was no one in the rocking chair. Oh, my And my mum's like, Roger! Roger, you fucking... Ro- Roger! You're not going to sleep for days. And he was like, yeah. That is goodness. So, thanks for that, Dad. Traumatised, but a big fan of horror now. Bit of fun, yeah. So, anyway. Um, so, mum's fucking high-lit the Maria. My mother placed the light beneath the Red Maria and it only made it worse. Lit from below, the statue cast eerie shadows on the wall behind. When I crept out of my room to pour water down my parched throat, wow, or use the toilet, I tried not to look at it, but my eyes were always dragged almost unwillingly to the alcove at the end of the hall. 
I was terrified of what I might see because the Red Maria looked different at night. I can actually imagine it, right? Because yeah, it looks fucking horrific. You know when you go to like those, um, you know when you're on holiday and you go to a church. Why, by yeah. the way, does anyone do that now? Yeah. For so many years, I've been like, oh, let's go into the church. I don't, I don't what want you to anymore. What you wanted to? Well, it's sort of like was well, like the spooky kids. The done thing, isn't it? It's like your cultural attraction of a city is to go and see the Catholic Church, and I'm like, I'd rather fist myself into oblivion. <laughs> Yeah, hell is where and you're that's going. That's why I'm going to hell. <laughs> uh, um, and I need to make that clear that I don't like fisting, so that's a bad mm, thing for me. No, no? sure, actually, because you did say that you'd rather that. I, I would rather that than going to a church. Yeah. Yeah, I, just don't, I don't do it anymore because I'm like, actually, I'm not that interested in going into. The, I'd rather go to a nice bar. Do you love graveyards though? Oh, hundy p. But what I'm trying to say is, from all my church visits, like if you're in Rome, you've got to go to a church. You, well, you can't. What you mean? <laughs> The the thing. The big one. The big one. The big school. But you always see those Marines, don't you? Sistine, yeah. You can't yet. Yeah. We're like, what's hey, that? Sistine. What's that big one? <laughs> that big one with the big yeah, mural on the ceiling. I've heard there's a church in Rome. Can, what, it's a big one. There's a Can fucking load of them. Dan Brown wrote about this famously. Oh, um, is this in the, uh, what's it called? Uh, what's that? The Da Vinci Code. Yeah. Um, that's yeah. It's like a tour guide. Yeah. If you don't get the Lonely Planet, get um, Dan Brown Da Vinci. What's the Lonely Planet, please? The Lonely Planet mm. tour guide books. Oh, so is that go, what they are? Yeah. I never bother with them. Yeah, you're I quite just rogue, go on my own. Just go you rogue. Just, yeah. You're very like. I don't turn up in a place and just explore. Yeah, they give me um, they give me PTSD because you're probably someone who I wouldn't want to go on holiday with because I absolutely hate my day being planned. Oh, yeah. No, I, I hate, like, the activities. Yeah. I'm like, give me... I'll do one thing a day. And if yeah. we do... And, and and that doesn't include drinking. I will do one touristy thing a day. Yeah, I mean, it's yeah, yeah. That whole, like, right, we've got to go here, we've got to get... Like, that is not fucking... I, I would... Yeah. I want to attach myself to a house and throw that house into the sea. Yeah. I've got no interest. I... I, I completely get what type of traveller you are. Yeah. The thing is, I'm quite adaptable. So I, when I know my audience, because I'm quite like, I want to make sure that I've had the perfect holiday. So I want to be yeah. like, have I gone to the best bar and have I gone to the best beach and have, yeah. I, have I explored that cliff? But I've, I've calmed down a bit in my latter years and I'm like, just fucking relax and just have a wonder and see what yeah, bar you find. Yeah, just have a nice time. Just have a nice time. Because you'll spend all that time looking for this particular thing yeah. and you'll get fucking knackered, you're getting stressed. You're getting life's about the journey. Annoyed. Life's, it's not about getting there. But getting there journey. is a great film um, that Mary-Kate and Ashley were in. Do you, did you ever watch Mary-Kate and Ashley films? Like Passport to Paris? Mm-mm. Oh my God, you're missing out. Okay, carry on. Okay. Yes, at the end of the hallway. My sisters said it was just a trick of the light. They said I was acting like a little baby, but they didn't see what I saw. Their room was closer to the bathroom. At the end of the hall, they didn't see the way the Red Maria's jaw seemed to distend, transforming her mouth into a screaming black pit. They didn't see the twisted shadow that rose above the innocuous ceramic statue at the end of the hall. Peeping round the corner of my bedroom door, I couldn't help but wonder... What if those freakishly long fingers were caused by more than just the nightlight's glow? What if I looked down the hallway one night and found that the alcove was empty? No. Would I then turn around and see the real Red Maria, a monstrous robed woman far too tall for my tiny bedroom, Bit rude. Whoa. glaring down at me with a 
Garish. Gregorish. Gregorish crimson smile. That's a bit rude, wasn't it? What? That was a bit rude. Monstrous. Monstrous, Calm yeah. Calm down. <laughs> Calm down. Fucking hell, she hasn't done anything yet, poor bitch. <laughs> my mother reassured me that these were only childish fears. At my age, she explained it was normal to be afraid of the statues, puppets, and other denizens of the uncanny valley. It was only a statue. It couldn't hurt me. I did my best to believe her. Until the Red Maria started moving around after dark. Some nights, I'd wake to a hard, sliding sound. Like a ceramic robe scraping across hallway tiles. Whenever I'd work up the courage to peer into the corridor, the Red Maria would be gone. Once, I found it in the bathroom, beside the dripping faucet. Another morning, I found... Keeping all that in. <laughs> Another morning, I nearly fell over backwards when it appeared inside my laundry bin. A few weeks before my ninth birthday, I woke up with the undeniable sense that there was a presence in my room. I could feel it. Like a hunted animal, I moved slowly, my head from side. Uh, I moved slowly, my head from side to side, checking my surroundings. There was my disorganized desk, the half-open closet, the lightless television. I gingerly lowered my bare feet onto the tile. I shrieked loud enough to wake up half the building. My mother burst into the room and bashed on the lights, revealing my two sisters giggling like mad beneath my bed. I hate that. That's so mean. Veronica That's and Esmeralda so are oh my, Is cruel. that my dad? Mm, it's very um, PTSD-y. Hope, hope he doesn't spend a lot of his time underneath the beds. Children. <laughs> but okay. Okay. Um, the Red Maria stood lifeless, lifelessly where they placed it, right beside my hand. The mother, the mother. I can't, I can't speak today, Hannah. No, My no, mother no. made the three of us carry the Red Maria back to her alcove together. I remember feeling certain that it weighed much more than it should have. The next morning, my younger sisters. My younger sister, Esmeralda, woke up with a fever, and the games with the Red Maria came to a screeching halt. We went to the doctor, and we went to another doctor, but the specialists were at a loss to discover why my younger sister was sleeping so much, or why she'd become so weak. Esmeralda's bedroom took on the sweet, rotten odour of a sick room on my older sister Veronica moved in with me. The more traditional medicine failed to help my younger sister, the more my mother turned to her faith for answers. Suddenly, the Red Maria was more important than ever. As the weeks of Esmeralda's illness dragged into months, the alcove at the end of the hall became more like a shrine, overhung with rosaries, perfumed with incense and cluttered with ruby-coloured carnations. I still felt like there was something off about the Red Maria, like it, it was something more or less than a humble representation of the Mother of God, but above all else, I felt guilty. If only I hadn't been so afraid of that stupid statue, maybe my little sister wouldn't have stayed up late, trying to tease me with it. Maybe if she'd gotten more sleep, she never would have gotten sick. I was only nine years old, but I understood cause and effect, and I couldn't shake the feeling that somehow it was all my fault. I knew now that there were 
far more frightening things in the world than a lifeless ceramic statue. Things like inexplicable diseases, hospital debt collectors, or the pink slip that my mother received from her job as a janitor that September. I took over most of the cooking and cleaning and Veronica dropped out of school to work illegally in a restaurant. Esmeralda only woke to eat a tiny bit of food, use the restroom and then return to bed. After months of inconclusive testing, my mother no longer believed that anything but faith could save her daughter. So much happened to the rest of our family that fall <coughs> that I didn't dare to tell anyone what was happening to me. Faced with my mother's unemployment, Veronica's exhaustion or Esmeralda's illness, what right did I have to complain about a few nightmares? If they were nightmares. Every night, a shadow would pass in front of my bedroom. It hovered for a moment in front of my door, blocking the nightlight's feeble glow then drifted by soundlessly as smoke. In these moments, I'd clench my sheets until my knuckles went white, praying that Veronica would wake up so I wouldn't have to face the horror alone, but she never did. Instead, I'd hear the groan of Esmeralda's bedsprings like something heavy had just slithered onto her mattress. Whatever it was, it was responsible for my sister's illness. I was sure of it, just as I was sure that no adult would ever believe my story about evil statues and moving shadows. Laying in bed with only a thin wooden door between the shadow and me, I forced myself to wiggle one toe, then another, then my whole foot. Once I had overcome my fear enough to place my feet on the floor and stand up, I knew that I could face whatever waited in the hallway. I clutched a flashlight in one hand, a rosary and a child-sized pocket knife in the other. The shadow could move quickly, but so could I. I stuck my head into the hallway just in time to witness a formless black shape the realisation that the impossible thing I was seeing was actually real washed over me like icy water. Maybe what my mother had said was true. The statue couldn't hurt me, but maybe the thing that dwelt inside of it could. I thought of my sister's dimpled face giggling under my bed. It had been the last time I'd seen her smile. I sucked a lungful of air down my dry throat and threw open Esmeralda's door. When the beam of my flashlight cut through the inky blackness of my little sister's bedroom, I caught just a glimpse of it, the red Maria from my nightmares. Its jaw opened snake-wide as it sucked something smoke-like out of, smoke out of Esmeralda's mouth. The moment the light hit it, it twisted its face into a grotesque expression of hatred, and it vanished. A shriek pierced the silence. The scream was Esmeralda's, and it felt like it would never stop. Even cradled in my mother's arms, my little sister kept screeching until only a wheeze mo moaned up from her raw lungs. She collapsed back into sleep, pale and exhausted. My mother hit me for the first time that night, so hard that the flashlight flew out of my hands. Didn't I understand the condition my sister was in? How could I even think of risking her health with some absurd nighttime game? When my mother finally stopped shaking me, I was seeing stars. She hugged me, cried, and then dragged herself back to bed without a word. She had a job interview in the morning. As I collected the broken flashlight's batteries and tiptoed out of my sister's room, I could have sworn that the Red Maria's smile was wider and more crimson than usual. I had to find another way. The extra chores I received as punishment for disturbing Esmeralda's rest provided the perfect excuse. I'd just knock that hateful statue over with a broom. I could say it was an accident, and whatever extra punishment I got for that, well, it would be worth it. No, it's going to re be released into the ether. The Red Maria, however, didn't break. It didn't even crack. 
not even when I smashed my aluminium baseball bat onto its delicate features again and again. Instead of shattering ceramic, I heard a whisper of laughter. When I blinked, I saw a horrific vision of what would happen to me that night when the Red Maria enjoyed its sweet, slow revenge. I walked back downstairs into the living room. I felt hollow, unsure what to do with myself. I'd never seen death up close or even thought about it, and certainly nothing so visceral as the gory images that had just flashed through my mind. I didn't want to die. I didn't want to close my eyes and wake up somewhere as dark and empty as the inside of a ceramic statue. Yet if I didn't somehow free my family from the Red Maria before nightfall, I had no doubt I'd be dead before dawn. I could already imagine it. Nine (coughs) years... Nine-year-old me huddled in the television's blue glow with my flickering flashlight watching a blacker-than-black figure trickle into the room. Whatever it did to me would look like an accident, I was sure of it, and the thing inside the Red Maria would continue to drain Esmeralda. I had to act fast. Veronica would be home from work in a few hours and my mother could return from her job search at any time. I bundled the Red Maria into a heavy trash bag. Its angry whispers resounded in my ears. At any moment I expected tendrils of shadow to creep out from the thin plastic and sliver down my throat. I did my best to keep the covered statue beneath bright light while I rummaged in my closet. Beneath mothballed stuffed animals and cardboard boxes of football memorabilia, I finally find. I finally found. I finally found. I finally found what I was looking for: the red wagon that Veronica had pulled me around in when I was a toddler. Armed with a hand-drawn free sign, I wheeled the red Maria to the trashiest street corner I knew. Anything from a bedbug-ridden mattress to an armless office chair would disappear if I left there overnight, and I had a sneaking suspicion that it was where my mother did a lot of our holiday shopping. The broken lamp and abandoned Barbie jeep already waiting on the corner cast long, eerie shadows in the late afternoon sun. I unbagged the red Maria, bound the sign around its neck, and I hoped for the best. Walking home, I couldn't help but feel sure that the red Maria would be waiting for me, a smile on its crimson lips. Instead, I found that my mother and both of my sisters were gone. My mother's heels were by the door. Veronica's work hat and keys lay on the work table. Hat. <laughs> work hat? Like your chicken's like yours. Yeah. Veronica's work Veronica's chicken Mackey nugget D's. was just on the floor. <laughs> Her massive chicken nugget. Did you nugget. hear that? What? Did you hear the, the NLA phrase? It sounded like a door slammed. I think that was my mouth. No, it sounded like a door just went. No. You... It, honestly, it was while you were talking, so it wasn't your mouth. It was like behind you. It sounded like a door was closed, slammed what? shut. That's weird. Oh, I don't like oh, it. Oh, it is Halloween. Um, my mother's heels were by the door. Veronica's work hat and keys lay on the table, and Esmeralda's sick bed was empty. Panic rose in my chest. Had the Red Maria taken my family? Yes. The front door. Oh my gosh. My mother rushed into the house and hugged me close. Behind her, Esmeralda was swinging from Veronica's arm, asking if she could go back to school and see her friends yet. <laughs> yeah, I know, I'm like, swing it. <laughs> um, I'm gonna, if I keep coughing, I'm gonna piss. Okay. My little sister's mysterious illness had vanished as suddenly and strangely as it had appeared. Everyone thought it was a miracle. Everyone but me. Yeah. 
I was just as thrilled as my mother and sister about Esmeralda's recovery until I thought more deeply about what that might mean. The Red Maria was with another family now. Mm. Someone had picked it up from that junky corner. Someone in search of a decoration, a symbol of faith or a cheap gift. My little sister was safe because the Red Maria had found another victim. Yeah. But, I mean, fine. Uh, in a way. Like, whatever, fine. It's a bit like a... Someone's got to have it. You, you've just got to pass it round. you just got to pass it round. Well, yeah, just keep doing it until, like, you all die. Yeah, or give it to a really bad family. Like, give it to Putin. Give it to... Give it to Putin. I didn't want to get so political so early on in this podcast. (laughs) Give it to Alistair Campbell. Yeah, (laughs) and George Osborne. (laughs) Welcome, Tim. Hello. Hello. How's it going? Hi, Tim. Editor extraordinaire. Um, Are you haunted as fuck since working on the pod? Uh, I haven't had any ghost experiences yet, but yet. I do feel a bit haunted. Like yeah. I do feel like there might be presences around me. I don't know. Mm, Could be presences of the ghost hunt. <laughs> um, thank you for being our wonderful editor. We've got your little Aww. gift, haven't we? Yeah. Sorry, I am still ill. I'm still because it's technically I'm been a week. Still a nugget. But it is also five seconds later. <laughs> Okay, so um, Tim, this is from enjoy your present, Tim. Oh, it's from Mystic so. Gates. <gasps> oh, Gareth wow. Gates. I thought you were going to say oh. Mystic Gaze, and you were calling us the Mystic oh, Gaze. I love it. I love it. So that is it's a it's a pendant. Nice. And um, let should I read out what it means? Is it a necolage? Yes. A, 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 a lace for the delicatage. Yeah. So Tim. Yep. yep. Um, I said your name to the lady. And she recommended this um, stone. Hang on. Bear with me. It's called Tiger Iron. Ooh. I love it. I love it. So um, you wear it around your neck. Mm. And the key words here are strength, stamina, Mm. focused will. All right. Focused will. Love that. Physical energy and strength. Self-healing and grounding. Stunning. Element is fire and earth. And then it says your chakras are sexual and creative. (laughs) Oh my God! Jesus Christ! Jesus! Oh, Christ. okay. That lady was don't, a bit like, yeah. don't bump into Tim in the street. <laughs> tell you, tiger eye is oh a banded stone containing layers of tiger eye. Well, um, jasper and hematite. I don't know what any of those stones are, but I love it. I love it. I love how but it that, catches the light. It's so it nice. does. It's gorge, so and that will protect you from the ghost because working with us, we um, have notoriously haunted everyone yeah. we work with. Yeah, yeah. You've just got to watch out and watch your back. I mean, I'm pretty sure Gareth from uh, Hunsnet, he is now, like, he's got a poltergeist, right? Like, that <laughs> yeah, happened. Yeah. Yes. yes. Foxes, yeah. rats, ghosts. Yeah. Yes. All of that yeah. jazz. Exactly. Yeah. It's all um, coming. So it's all coming for you, but, you know, if you wear that, you'll be absolutely fine. Oh, perfect. I can't wait. Yeah. Do I have to, like, do the burning the ends thing as well? If you want to change yeah. the... Um, length. The length, length of it. Oh, length, okay. love. It's length. <laughs> <laughs> What? Is I that don't know. I'm so high on cough syrup. Um, <laughs> so get it on. All right. I mean, uh, will it fit on my wrist? See if it. No, Isn't it a necklace? It's a necklace. <coughs> Tim, no, it wouldn't Duh. fit on your wrist. Imagine. <laughs> <laughs> just swinging off here, like yeah. just bashing know, people. You can use that as your pendulum to ask questions. <gasps> yeah. What's your yes? What's oh your no? God. Is anyone here with us? I mean, not right now, Tim. Yeah, no. Is it, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there is someone here with us. <laughs> but that is... Oh, that's wonderful. Thank uh, you so I much. It, I love it um, so you're much. You're an official ghost hunt now. I know. I feel honoured. Yeah. Oh, I'm glad you enjoyed it, Yeah, this is... 
We love the, you, the Tim. The best for Halloween, honestly. Yeah, exactly. Love it. Don't what get Halloween. Tonight. Yeah, well, maybe a little haunted. A little, a little bit. A little bit. A little bit. Um, love it. All right. Thanks, Tim. I'm going to go back to the booth. Go back to your little room, Tim. Back to booth. Back to booth. But treasure it, and if you lose that, you you are... Fucked. You're fucked. Okay, shall okay. we do a Creep of the Week? Yes, please. Where am I We're in? carrying on where we left off. going to do loads of Creeps of the Week. Hello, lovely ladies. Oh, she just means lady. She just means me. Hello, um, Susie and Hannah. I've listened to your ghost tales and I thought I'd share one with you. Uh, let me see if she wants to... I will just call her Jo because that is her name. Okay. And she hasn't said anything about not wanting a name to be it, so I'll just call her Jo. Hi, Jo. Um, so here is Jo's story. I used to work at my local radio... Oh, fuck me. I used to work at my local railway station in one of the food outlets. Lots of people had talked about the resident ghost, Alice, and how she was mainly around the staff areas. Some of the staff reported encounters with Alice, others just went along with the tales, not really believing them. I sometimes noticed that the clock in the staff room had stopped, always at 7.25, but I thought nothing of it. One warm summer's day, I'd gone for my break, possibly around 10.30am. The clock had stopped again at 7.25. I'd already changed it when I got to work at 6.30, as it had stopped, possibly the evening before. I took the clock from the wall, changed it to the right time, and I put it back on the wall. The clock fell off, hitting the table on its way down. I picked it up again and went to put it on the wall, but again it fell off. I tried a few times to put the clock back, but it always fell off shortly after I put it on the wall. Uh, a colleague then came into the room and asked what I was doing. Putting the co- clock back. But, uh, putting the co- <laughs> put the cock back. You know, when I was a child. You put that cock back. Put that, when I was a child, uh, my first world was cock. But clock, but there was a clock. Your first word was cock. I don't, no, I don't think it was my first word, but it was it was very very <laughs> very soon towards the beginning of my life. And uh, my grandparents would drive me past um, the town hall, which had a big clock, and I would go big cock. <laughs> and my granddad was like, just tried to ignore what I was saying, big cock. And that was my accent as well, wow. and the tone of my voice. Anyway, I keep putting the clock back, but it keeps falling off again. I said. She laughed and she and said she would do it. The clock fell off again, so we decided to leave it propped up against the wall. Joking that Alice must be annoyed. It stayed there for a few minutes before falling face down on the table. We decided to just leave it alone. At that point, just like, fucking sack it off. Someone else then came into the room and joked we had looked like we'd seen a ghost. We told him what had happened and he rolled his eyes at us and laughed. Before going to put the clock back on the wall. The room went ice cold. As I mentioned, it was summer. The sun was shining. It was a bright blue sky outside. The clock then flew across the room. It landed in the middle of the floor and it showed the time 7.25. We decided to leave the clock on the table and leave Alice in peace. I also decided to finish my break downstairs. A few weeks later, I'd gone for a drink after working the late shift with some of the colleagues to a bar next to the station. After a drink or two, we all left together. One walking away from the station towards home, I waited... I walked away from the station towards home. I waited outside the station for my bus whilst the third colleague crossed the road to wait for her bus as well. The next day, she asked if any of us had gone back into work after we left the bar. She had gone. She had glanced up at the staff room window as something had caught her eye. She saw a figure walking from the top of the stairs into the staff room, pausing by the window in the staff room for a few minutes. No one had gone back into work after hours, and yes, the clock was showing 7.25 again the next day. I made a habit... After that, I've always saying, hi, Alice, how are you? Whenever I went to the staff room 
or the changing room. Lots of love, Joe. Oh. Thank you, Joe. Jo. That's a bit spooky. Isn't it? Alice. <coughs> I'm sorry, but if something wants something, I'm sorry. Once something, once something leaps across the room at me, like you're lurking at me. <laughs> Do you not remember last year we were like giving it back to each other? Oh God, I would love not to have your chest infection, but I feel at this stage this has been going on for weeks as well. Has it? Yeah. Do you it's, think it's contagious? I've not got rid of it. Well, no one else seems to have got it. Um, no, I, I do. I'm really sorry. And I hope you feel better. Thanks. Yeah. I need a bottle of wine. Yeah, you probably Alcohol do. Alcohol lubes the throat. Um, Shall I tell one more creep of the week? Yes, please. Let's get into it. Okay. Um, this one's a spooky one, you know. Is it? Go on, then yeah. hit me. Hit me, hit me, hit me with your creep of the week. Loads of creep of the weeks. Hit me. Okay. This is from Lily. Me and my mother lived alone in a small bungalow in the centre of a very remote village. The kind of place where everybody knew everybody else's business and everybody seemed to be related somehow. On a random Wednesday afternoon in November, I was walking home from school alone. I can vividly remember kicking the crispy brown autumn leaves beneath my feet whilst watching frost rise from the concrete. What a lovely image. Oh, stunning. That's, it's just the best stunning. time of year. Stunning, it is. Fall, yeah. but autumn, autumn, correct. Autumn, fall. Autumn oh, is the go best on, Lily. time. As I got to the front door of our bungalow, I went to open the door. However, it was locked. My mother never locked the door, especially if she expected me back from school. I didn't have my own keys. I was only 10 years old, and knowing me, I'd probably lose it. I kneeled down onto the patio and opened the letterbox with my freezing cold fingertips. Mum? Mummy? Let me in, please, I shouted. No response. I shouted again. Mum? Hurry up, it's freezing out here. No response. After several minutes of shouting for my mum, I slumped myself down on the patio with my back leaning against the front door. As I peered to my left, I noticed something. Aha, the plant pot. I knew my mother always kept a spare house key under the plant pot in case of emergencies like this. Well, not exactly like this, but I presume you get the picture. I tilted the plant pot ever so slightly, just enough so that my little hands could reach underneath and grab the key. I wiped the muddy key onto my school skirt and began to insert it into the door. After unlocking the door, I walked straight into the living room, presuming to find my mum asleep on the couch with a newspaper and a cup of cold tea by her side. However, she was not in there. I went through to her bedroom to see if she had taken a nap in her bed, but again, no sign of her. The bathroom door was wide open, so it was clear to me she was not in there either. Mum, can you stop hiding now? Why would you lock the door when you, you, you know I don't have a key? I don't mind I shouted, but of course no response. I potted through to the kitchen, dragging my rucksack and my lunchbox behind me. Oh, no, no, no. There she was. I threw all my belongings onto the floor and ran straight over to her. Mum, Mum, wake up. Mum, I'm home now. I, I had a really good day at school. Mr Wilson gave me a sticker for completing my homework. Mum, come on, wake up. No response. I went to hold her hand. She was cold and motionless. As soon as I touched her, I knew she was dead. Her face was grey and emotionless. Oh my god. I gathered myself together and potted around the kitchen trying to find something that could have caused my mother's sudden death. There were two used bowls on the worktop. Two bowls. This means that my mother was not alone today. This means that my mother had a visitor. 
there was an empty can of vegetable soup next to the hob. Perhaps this is what my mother and her visitor had had for dinner? My mother didn't have allergies, my mum didn't have any health conditions. How could a bowl of soup possibly kill my perfectly healthy mother? Sooner or later, my neighbour arrived and she called 999. I was then taken to my grandmother's house by the police where I started my new life. I never found out what happened to my mother. I always tried to put, put it to the back of my mind as I was so young and I just knew that the trauma would eat my insides and I would never be able to think straightly again. My grandmother never mentioned my mum. I think she tried to forget about it as they both didn't have the best relationship. Fast forward 17 years and I now have my own house and my own family. Me and my husband have a daughter who's three years old. We were trying to get pregnant for a while and after a few miscarriages, our miracle baby finally joined us. Elsie May. Oh, that's cute. Around three weeks ago, something very strange happened. Something completely out of the ordinary. Me and my husband had been working all day and could not be bothered to cook. I was rooting around in the cupboards, trying to find something quick and easy that I could slap together for dinner. Also vegetable soup. We had a few tins of soup knocking about in the cupboard, so I got them out and began to heat them up on our hob. I called my husband into the kitchen so that he could butter some bread to have with our dinner, because of course you cannot eat soup without bread. That's the same. 100%. Once I'd finished cooking, I put some soup in a little plastic bowl for Elsie along with half a slice of bread. Come on, little one, my husband said, whilst lifting my daughter into her tie chair. As I handed Elsie the soup, she had an inquisitive look on her face. She's only three years old, and if I'm honest, she doesn't say an awful lot. I ignored her and grabbed a bowl of soup for my husband. I took it over to him. He didn't say thank you. He was too busy watching the football to pay any attention to me. Side note, outrageous. I know, it's absolutely classic. I went over to the high chair to check on Elsie. She was not eating the soup. She was just swishing it around the bowl with her spoon. Mummy, she whispered whilst looking into my eyes. Are you okay, sweetheart? I said to her, whilst placing my hand onto the edge of the high chair. I have not had soup for a long time. I've not had soup since I was with Grandma Dorothy. Dorothy was my mother's name. I had never spoken about my mother to my daughter before. I always thought Elsie was too young to know about tragic family deaths. What what do you mean, Elsie? Grandma Dorothy's not been with us for a long time, I explained to her. I was shaking. My blood ran cold. How did she know my mother's name? Suddenly it hit me. The soup on the worktop. There was an empty tin of soup on the worktop the day I found my mother's corpse, followed by two bowls. Me and Grandma Dorothy ate a bowl of vegetable soup and then... And then, Mummy, I killed her. Oh, my... What the... Oh, oh, Elsie, Elsie was smirking and twirling her curly blonde ringlets between her fingers. I pushed this to the back of my mind. My daughter never knew my mother's name, nor did she know the situation regarding my mother's death. I thought perhaps she was making this up or she'd overheard a conversation Mm. between me and her dad. Yeah. That evening, I was tucking Elsie up into bed. I had an urge to mention it again. I needed answers and I needed them fast. I would not be able to sleep tonight if I didn't ask Elsie what was on her mind. I placed my hand on top of Elsie's blanket and I looked deeply into her eyes. Who told you about Grandma Dorothy, Elsie? 
That was a very long time ago, long before you were born. You need to tell Mummy if somebody tells you something scary like this. I can always help you. Elsie looked confused. She tilted her head and dragged her fin fingers underneath her pillow. Here, Mummy, she said, whilst handing me an old metal spoon. The spoon was rusty, but I could still make out the floral pattern on the handle. There are spoons that my mother had in her house. Where had she found this? Where did you find this, Elsie? Who gave this to you? I raised my voice at her. I was becoming to get I was becoming angry at my daughter. So much rage was building up inside of me. It still hasn't been washed, Mummy. If you smell it closely, it still smells like vegetable soup. Mm. And even if you look closely, you can see Grandma Dorothy's blood on the bottom of the handle. I took the spoon away from her, opened her bedroom window, and threw it out onto our front street. It's been there three weeks now. I've taken some space away from my family and I've been staying in a local hotel. I need time to process what is going on. Is my child clinically insane? Or did she live in the past as a murderer? Jesus Christ. <laughs> I know! That... Do you know what? Halfway through that, I, I still <laughs> thought this was a creep of the week and I was like, Well, no, no, I Well, it is. <laughs> it is. Well, this is actually happening to somebody. Yeah. Honestly, this is honestly the creepiest creep of the week we've ever been sent. What the fuck? Lily, you're going to have to follow up because... Has she not? Is that all she said? Can yeah. we please Can we please get Lily on the phone? Lily. Lily. <laughs> Lily. Call in. Call, call in. in to Susie's Halloween Nugget special. <laughs> that is honestly the creepiest that story. That is horrible. She's like, what? Killed of like death by stone. Elsie May. Mummy. Hi, both. I really enjoy your podcast. Um, I've come, it's coming to a morning ritual that I put you on while I get my gay, gay sorted. <laughs> While well, I get my gay sorted, while well, I get my day sorted, <laughs> um, what I'm about to tell you actually happened. To this day, I still can't tell what it, I still can't explain what went on. In 2019, I was currently working in a 96 bed care home, and at the time, I was the youngest team leader on my shift. I just turned 20. God love you, because we're, let me tell you, working in a fucking care home is hard work. Um, I'll never forget this night for as long as I can remember. We were short-staffed and down to only six caregivers and one nurse. And the nurse we had in was actually one of our managers. Before I carry on, I should give you a bit of a backstory. I was on the most active floor with residents who were constantly pacing the floor and always on the go with something. But for about two to three months, everyone was settled and sleeping during the night. No shouting, no alarm bells, nothing. It was rather strange, but we took it our opportunity to chill out and enjoy the peace while we can. On the second floor, the one side was being redecorated. So every night we had to do security checks to make sure everything was safe. All tools and equipment were away and no one was left behind. During the security checks one night, I found a cardboard cut out of the Queen. Hmm. <laughs> so really getting I wish, it. I, I wish it. that everyone could have just seen you here. Ah! <laughs> it's because I'm really picturing it. A cardboard cut out of the Queen. Don't ask me how, where, what and why, but I just did. I think for the Jubilee, we had one of those. Yeah, you've got to. Life-size. Man, she was quite Life little, size. wasn't no, she? No, no, we did. I think, yeah, yeah. She was, like, probably about this big. Oh, bless her. God, R. rest her soul. R.I.P. Um, This gave me an idea, and I got my friend at the time and two of the other girls in on the idea I had. 
One of our support workers, Scott, was a complete wind-up merchant and was always finding ways to scare us or make something or freak us out, that kind of thing. I had a plan to place the queen in one of the rooms that was being decorated and place the bedsheet over it and set the alarms off while one of us would hide under the bed and scare him. Love that. That is a bit of me. And honestly, it was the best thing ever. Scott screamed like a girl and was freaked out by this. We, couldn't, we can't really say that, to be fair. <laughs> like a pussy girl. Like a, a pussy-ass bitch. <laughs> um, well, we're girls, so that's fine, isn't it? Um, this, taught, this taught him a lesson not to mess with us anymore. During the next two to three months, we had some fun with the cardboard cutout. We would do all sorts of things with it. We'd take it into the residence and put silly shows on for them. But the night we were short, we came in and we got told it was thrown away because it, got, it snapped in half and it was no good. We didn't think anything of it and just carried on with our night as normal. As usual, I went up to the second floor to do the security checks, but I didn't do this till about midnight due to being short-staffed and not being allowed to leave the only one staff member with the other residents. Once I knew everyone was in bed, I went up and continued to do the security checks. For some strange reason, all the doors were locked. I had to go and get my manager to come in and lock all the doors, as I didn't have key access to the new locks that had been put in place. We went around unlocking the doors and checking we... We went around unlocking the doors and just doing a check. We heard a weird noise, like a wet towel had just been thrown on the floor. We went to the room to investigate it, and we found the queen cut out on the floor. My manager was not impressed and thought we were doing this to wind him up and freak him out. I kindly reminded him that we didn't have access to these rooms without him present. All of a sudden, he turned very pale and began to look clammy. He decided to call a meeting between myself, Scott, and the other team leader. We were in the middle of having... We went back down to the floor as it was only me and my best friend in on this one night. We, was in the middle, we were in the middle of having a shouting app for, for messing around with the Queen, but we kept telling it was thrown out by the day staff and we didn't have any access to it. I was starting to lose my patience with him, so I don't like being blamed for something we didn't do. During this, we heard the elevator. Bing! And open. The elevator code was code access, so only anyone that had the code was able to access it. That's what a code access means. <laughs> when, I went, when I went to see it was, there was no one there, but it was the cutout of the queen. The cutout of the fucking queen was in the elevator. Oh, I thought it had just been knocked over. It has, and now it's in the elevator and no one's moved it. Ah, moving queen. This is where I started to panic, because the code used was mine. I was sat with everyone while we were in the middle of the meeting, and I called everyone over and I was confused. My manager decided to go up the rest of the floor to see what was going on. When he came back down, he had put um, the home in an emergency lockdown because there was someone else in the building. As we were planning out how to proceed, several doors began to slam at the same time. We could hear a man laughing. (laughs) (laughs) The CCTV malfunctioned. The power to my floor had been cut. For everyone's safety, we had done security sweeps through the residents' bedrooms and checked every nook and cranny. I made the choice to phone the police because there was too many lives at at risk at this point. The police turned up and did security checks. They couldn't find any evidence that anyone was in the building or even got in. They checked the CCTV and again couldn't find anything. Once they left, we carried on with our shift. I just wanted to get home at this point because I was so freaked out. I was like, what the fuck is going on? During all the madness, no one had noticed the Queen cutout had gone missing till we were leaving. Walking to our cars and there was a note stuck to my car that said... Didn't you like our game of hide-and-seek? I really wish this was a story that was made up, but it happened, and we don't know why or how. Many thanks, 
the person's name and she's put the button PS key not read back the full name out oh my god ah uh, freaky so that's like a playful ghost being like here's the queen yeah, I hate that like, like why just add a note on the end that's fucking weird Thank you so much for sending it in. That's actually giving me a bit shivery. Do you want to do a little you get haunted so you don't have to? Do you have a literally? Yeah. Okay, yeah. Okay. Well, we, today, <coughs> are going to use this. Hang on. It's not off crease. Uh, come on. This is Ghost Detector! Oh, Ghost Detector. We're going to see if there's some ghosts in the room. Oh, yes, please. Now, this is a um, mm, 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 this is an advert mm. that's come on now. So I have to wait for that. Oh, God, I miss Candy Crush. Fucking hell. I've started playing Candy Crush. No, I, I can't. I can't because it will it will just steal years off my life. Uh, we had that one. We've got Ghost Tube as well. Uh, what I did want to do was I'll just stick to this one because it's easier. Uh what I did want to do was when when this advert is finished, um I want to try and find out if there's a ghost. Yeah. And then if they are able to tell us the name, next week we can do a little seance with our little electric candles. Oh yeah, nice. So but I went using the name of the person that we find today. Uh adverts are adverts have really um they're they're really long nowadays. No, I'm sure. Look, you can press that top left. No, that's it. That's a thing. No, it's a thing. It just means that. Fuck me. I can't. No, it comes up. Oh, it's there now. Now I've got it. Okay. okay. Right. So look, this is this. Can you see it? That's mm. going to show. It's like a little screen. It's yeah. a ghost hunter, and it's trying to find as if there's an entity. So that little looks like it's in the the boat, doesn't it? For those just uh, listening, this is an app on my phone called. I don't know, Ghost Hunter 3000 or something. I'm going to try and see if there's a ghost in the room. I don't know what EVP levels are, but they seem to be going wild. I'm going to hold it here. Um, Susie, as soon as I pan that round on you, I swear to you, it just said entity detected as soon as I just panned it Because I'm an entity, round. duh. No, but it knows that you're the difference. It's gone now. Mm. Fuck, okay. Something behind me. I'm going to I'm gonna record like this. It. Okay, Susie, we're looking for your thing here. <laughs> Is there something near me? I'm going to upload this to our uh, Instagram. Oh, it's gone again. It was trying. It was. It's now searching for another one. It said entity detected. I feel a bit on edge. I'm going to upload this to the um, to the ghost ones Instagram. Oh God. Maybe I won't. Ah! What? <laughs> you scared me. <laughs> you are. May I won't upload it today. Oh no, I'll, I'll upload it by the time this goes out. I won't do it today because you want to surprise everyone with you. Entity detected. Let's get a question. Uh, okay, what is your name? Shall we ask it that? Yeah. What is your name? Okay. If it's Susie. That is me. What are you going to do? Peanut panties. What the fuck? This is crazy. What's my name? Oh, among the learned, I am known as Varel. Who? Varel. How do you spell that? V-O-R-E-A-L. Shall we ask if it's male or female? Yeah. Are you male or female, Varel? Varel. Varel. Are you Varel? <laughs> <laughs> Are you Vermeil? 
or female. <laughs> oh, in your world, I may be labelled in the male fashion. Mm. So a bloke. For what kind of entity are you? Shall we ask it that? Yeah. It's pretty, uh, pretty cool, though, isn't it? Yeah, I love that. Yeah. What's it saying? It says it's it's getting the response now from the ghost. It's transmitting the oh, uh, the answers here. I am a spirit of the shadow realm. What's that mean? I've never been to the shadow realm. Are you good or evil? That's the next question I'm going to ask it. Okay. So there is Varel in the room with us right now, guys. Hi, Varel. Right now, guys, are you good or evil? What do you think, Suze? I think good. Shadow exists to bring contrast to the light. That's just a fact. That sounds like evil. Because he's the shadow realm. Why are you evil? Yeah, it's evil. Oh, please, no. Why? Because Suze is a prick. No. That's what it says. No, it doesn't say that. What would you Actually, do if it did say? I'm a wonderful nugget. <laughs> you look like a parrot. You look like you've got a rack on your head. Rack? Like a pair of tits. I balance the world without pain. How could we feel joy? Mm. That's not good, is it? I need a wee. Okay. <laughs> uh, well, that's that then. Uh, for rail. So we next week we'll do a little seance and okay. we'll try and contact for rail. But you remember that for rail. <laughs> Jenny was in here as well, so maybe for rail's Jenny's like. We can try for rail and we can try Jenny. Yeah. Okay. And um, I've got the screen recording. I hope you've enjoyed our well. Halloween special. Ah, it's been loads of fun, and uh, set. It's been so right, well, fun. we're off to a show tonight, and then uh, when this comes out, some of you will be seeing us tonight. Isn't that weird? That is weird. Amy. In the like, Amy tonight would have registered. Amy but tonight, in the future. yeah. <gasps> Amy, it's happened. You've had, you've had a good time at um, Ghost Hunts and Rachel Fairburn. Oh my god, I can't wait. Right, well, we'll see. And if you haven't booked tickets for tonight, I don't know whether there will be some left. Go back in time, but and have book a little some. look and yeah. book some. Thank you so much for joining Thank us, guys. Happy Halloween, guys. Happy have Halloween. Bye, 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 bye,